Hi there. Before the episode begins, I wanted to announce that the Adventure Games Podcast and Armor Game Studios have joined together this week, as Armor Games have very kindly agreed to sponsor this week's episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. Earlier this year, Armor Games published Don't Escape, Four Days to Survive, where you need to find shelter from a post-apocalyptic wasteland over four days. They will also publish the original Don't Escape trilogy, developed by Script Welder on July 29th on Steam. I will be talking a little bit more about these adventure games a little later on in this episode, but in the meantime, on with the show! Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me this week for episode 23 of the Adventure Games Podcast. This week I am joined by Steve Adamson of Gearworks Productions as he talks to me about his upcoming game, David Slade Mysteries. Now, before we get to the interview, I just want to talk briefly about some of the news that's been happening in the adventure game scene the last week or so. And we start with Charles Cecil. Charles Cecil, of course, is the CEO of Revolution, creator of Broken Sword and Benita Seal Sky and all-around God. Well, this week he has been awarded the honorary degree of Doctor of the University, by the University of York, where his studio is based. So huge congratulations to him, and very well deserved, I'm sure many people will agree. Now to the games themselves, and the first game I wanted to mention is Beyond Two Souls. Beyond Two Souls is developed by Quantic Dreams, and it is written and directed by David Cage. It stars Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe in the game and is originally released in 2013 for the PS3. Well, this game is now available on PC through Epic Game Stores, and the game comes with Advanced Experiments DLC, and the players can also choose to play the story in chronological or cinematic order, and there's even an optional local cooperative mode. There's also a free demo that will let you try Beyond Two Souls before purchasing it. Ever since I was born, I've been linked to an entity. His name is Aiden, and he's always with me. My name is Nathan Dawkins. Your mother tells me you have an invisible friend. Did did he do that to you? No, that was the monsters. The agency wants you to join there military school program. Training starts tomorrow at 5 a.m. They know what you and Aiden can do. Welcome to the agency. Something happened last night. They've opened a passage to Aiden's world? Aiden! I'm so tired. I don't think I'm gonna make it. They're coming. Jody, what have you done? Now for something maybe a little more relaxing, if you will. Wanderlust Travel Stories centers around five explorers telling their stories to each other. Players then experience each story firsthand 
and need to maintain the explorer's physical and mental health to complete the tale. In this game, you get to journey from Africa to Antarctica and from Europe to Asia. Wanderlust is a digital travel experience. It is perfect when you're traveling or wish that you were. Now, the studio developing this are called Different Tales, and this studio is headed by two people who previously worked on the Witcher games. Arthur Ganzianek, and I'm sorry if I got that wrong, which I probably did. He was previously the head story designer for The Witcher. And Jacek Brzezinski, he served as project lead on The Witcher and has also worked on Hitman and Dying Light. This game, Wanderlust Travel Stories, is set to be released for PC and Mac on August 28th. <laughs> Travel isn't always pretty. Sometimes it hurts. It even breaks your heart. But that's okay. The journey changes you. It leaves marks on your memory, on your consciousness, on your heart, and on your body. You take something with you. Hopefully, you'll leave something good behind. And now we go from traveling to a comedy fantasy adventure. Mandeville's stars Rusty Steelney, who is a hunter of precious relics and fearless knight. He arrives in the realm of Mantison. However, the realm has been afflicted by a terrible curse and surrounded by a terrible eternal darkness. Very soon, Rusty, due to both his proud temper and a series of not exactly accidental coincidences, will become involved in something much bigger than him. Now, this game is out now on Steam Early Access for a reduced price. Now, the developers, Two Finger, they plan to release new chapters every quarter until the game is complete, and you can find out more about it on the official website, which I will include in the show notes. In the dark kingdom of Mansasan, where danger is always around the corner, and where a powerful relic can change the fate of the world, only a young blonde knight can go in search of the... Blonde knight? Um, dark-haired? Red-haired? Bold? <laughs> I ruined your trailer, right? <sighs> Only a young, mysterious knight can go in search of the legendary artifact. You will have to face muddy marshes, serene countrysides, mighty strongholds, and fearsome and stinky... Oh no, pirates again? No wait, in this case it's just a dream representation of the subconscious after hypnosis. Live in epic, fantastical adventure, filled with out-of-their-mind puzzles, at a cheap price, and initially in early access. What? Oh, please. It's not even the finished game. It's a tough world, mate. <sighs> Starring Rusty Steelney. That's me. Plus a rich, varied cast, including zombies, Spider-Man, 
dragons. Dinosaurs, trolls, Templars, turtle dragons. Well, basically everything except aliens. To be honest, if you look at the image from before, you can detect a flying saucer. Here, you see? Only a cunning hero will be able to conquer the world of... Medievals. Blah. Sometimes I forget I'm wearing a helmet. If you know one, please contact us. Now for something a little bit darker. Children of Silent Town is a dark adventure game that tells the story of Lucy, a young girl growing up in a village deep into a forest inhabited by monsters. People disappearing is nothing uncommon in the village, but this time Lucy is old enough to investigate on her own. Or so she thinks. In this game you will accompany Lucy and her little friends in this grim, beautifully hand-drawn adventure game by the creators of Little Briar Rose. So this game also features unique unsettling 2D art style and you'll also have to help Lucy learn how to sing in times of need and you get to play mini games with other children of the village. Now there is no set release date for this game yet but the developers are hoping to launch on Steam sometime this year for Windows PC. And again I will include a link to the official website where you can find out more about this game. And now the next game is The Wanderer, Frankenstein's Creature. So in this game, the players will play as Frankenstein's Creature, as the players will write their own version of Mary Shelley's Gothic classic. Depending on the player's actions, the creature will evolve differently, which will impact not only on the story, but also on the gameplay. So the emotional state of the creature is at the center of the game experience, Facing a testing situation, its state may vary from anger to madness through sadness, and these emotional states will dynamically vary through the course of the game, transforming the visuals, sounds, and gameplay. There is no set release date for this game either, but it is set to be released sometime in 2019. Now we go from Mary Shelley to William Shakespeare. Elsinor is a time-looping adventure game set in the world of Shakespeare's Hamlet. In this game you play as Ophelia who awakens from a terrible vision. In four days everyone in Elsinor Castle will be dead. Even worse, she has been thrown into a time loop from which she cannot escape. Forced to relive the same four days over and over again, Ophelia determines to do everything in her power to change the future. This game was released this week and is out now on Steam. I know how this ends. Everyone I know will die. What if there's no way out of this? four days over and over. Whether my friends and my family live or die, it all depends on the choices I make. 
I find the end to this tragedy without losing myself? Now, before we get to my interview with Steve Adamson, I wanted to talk very briefly about Don't Escape, Four Days to Survive, and the Don't Escape trilogy. These games are developed by Scriptwelder, a one-man development studio from Poland, and they are published by Armor Game Studios. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Armor Game Studios are also the sponsors of this episode. Now... Don't Escape, Four Days to Survive. The story is following a bizarre cataclysmic event that cracked the moon in half. The Earth is struggling with the environmental fallout. Everything is already dead or dying, except you. Or so you think. So this game is a single-player point-and-click adventure. It is a standalone game. You do not need to play the original games for any context to the game or the story. And even though it has tense and unsettling elements, since it's set in a post-apocalyptic future, it is more of a sci-fi mystery thriller than a horror game. Now, the name Don't Escape comes from the first in the series. It is an inversion of the classic escape to room formula. So instead of trying to find a way out of a locked room, the goal is to make yourself secure as possible in a room. So you need to securely lock yourself in a room and make sure that you cannot get out. So this game uses a clock that advances with certain actions. So the clock does not run in real time as you play it, but it only advances when you complete certain actions. So if you build or disassemble things or travel the map. Now, when it reaches night, the game progresses whether you're ready to or not. So you need to make choices and decide what actions to take, and each action will advance the clock. Each chapter, with the exception of the final one, has at least one potential variant. For instance, in the first day, the player could deal with giant spiders, or a swarm of locusts, or poisonous gas, and their strategy to survive will be quite different depending on what they encounter. As a result, there is replay value to see each different threat and the puzzle logic surrounding your defenses, although the plot remains the same. Now this game also has two different endings, with one being the true one and only accessible if the player does something specific in their first playthrough. If done so, upon replaying they will see titled The Awakening on the main screen and the ending and some character interactions is drastically different, provided the players figure out what they need to do. Cultured Vulture says Don't Escape for is a superbly written, clever and well-made indie title. Its take on the blending of point-and-click with survival styles make this a genuinely unique title. And Game Reactor says I have not really felt so involved in a game for a long time, and a combination of survival elements with point-and-click adventures works perfectly. So this game, Don't Escape, 4 Day to Survive, is available on Steam, GOG, Cartridge, and the Humble Store. Now, as I mentioned as well, the publishers, Armored Game Studios, are about to release the Don't Escape trilogy on Steam on July 29th. Now, this is a port of the original Flash web games. 
it is not a remake or a remaster and there is no new content but they are releasing this game on steam for several reasons first this is a way for fans to own the original seasons as part of their library and you can also own all of the series in one place on steam if you so wish and you can also support the developer script welder regardless of how web technology may change now this game will be available on steam only and it will be $4.99. However, players who own Don't Escape 4 Days to Survive will be able to get a small discount on this game. Likewise, once you buy the Don't Escape trilogy, if you want to buy Don't Escape 4 on Steam, you can get it at a discounted price via bundle. Now, this is a collection of three short adventure games that share the same concept. Again, instead of escaping your room, you have to lock yourselves inside a room. So the first game, you are a werewolf and you have to lock yourself in a room and securely lock yourself. Make sure you cannot escape because you want to protect the townspeople. In the second game, it is set during a zombie apocalypse and again, you have to fortify your location, but your friend who is with you has just been bitten. And the third and final game is set on a space station. So Don't Escape 3 is much more of a horror title than the other games. Rock Paper Shotgun says it's a wonderful and wonderfully tense game that's impressively open in its approach to problem solving. Gold-plated games say the Don't Escape games are honestly some of my all-time favorite horror adventures. And you can find a Don't Escape trilogy on Steam on the 29th of July. So this week I am joined by Steve Adamson of Gearwork Productions and he talks about his career, his studio and his upcoming game David Slade Mysteries which looks really, really good. And he also gives some surprising statistics about narrative games which you may find interesting. So before the interview here is a clip from the trailer of the game David Slade Mysteries. Please enjoy. Today marks the fifth anniversary of my sister's passing. As always, I travel up to the family farm in this time of remembrance. This time I decided to take the country back road to the farm, as I knew it would get me there an hour or so sooner. As I came around a blind corner, a fallen tree was blocking the road. I swerved to avoid it. No such luck. Stranded and injured, I sought help at a nearby house. However, what happened next, mind you, I was completely unprepared for. Thank you very much for joining me. I am here with Steve Adamson of Gearworks Productions. How are you, Steve? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm delighted to speak to you. I'm really looking forward to finding out about this really intriguing game of yours. You're the first person, first developer I'm speaking to that's in the Philippines. So, Yeah, quite a way far from home, I think. So. Yes, yes. I think probably the farthest was uh, speaking with Daniel Stacey in Australia. But uh, but I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to speak to developers from as many different countries as possible, so I'm on my way. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So, um, okay, so 
before we start talking about your game, if you could introduce yourselves and let us know what your favorite adventure games are. Oh, well, that that's a huge list. Um, <laughs> that, you can, you that, yeah, can that, choose that, one, or, one or two or three if you, if you prefer. Yeah, well, there, there's, you know, it's surprising, though, because there's quite a few that actually uh, made me want to become a gamer. I mean, I've been a gamer since I was a little kid. I mean, I, you know, had an Atari 2600 and, you know, I had a Commodore 64, all that. So, you know, I'm an old schooler. But yeah, uh, okay, well, my name is Steve Adams, and as you were told, I started a company called Gearworks Productions uh, back in 2000. I uh, worked on educational games and uh, uh, other client contracts for a lot of museums all over the world. So if you go to a, like a museum like the Smithsonian or the Wright Brothers or the Spy Museum, you'll actually see some of my interactive kiosks there. So it's kind of cool. It's still cool that a lot of people are learning a lot of things by playing my games and experiences in these museums. Now, I guess adventure games, uh, what started it all for me was, you know, it started off with Zork, uh, which was a text-based adventure game, as you all should know. If you're adventure gamers, you should know this. Um, but really what got me into games or adventure games in general are, like, the King's Quest, of course, the Pleats Quests and the Space Quests and, you know, basically anything Sierra. But, you know, David Slay Mysteries is, is basically an homage to... Uh, the Police Quest series. So I guess those are my, some of my favorites. But if I had to say what's my favorite right now um, are the Tex Murphy series. I really love those. Yes, You've played them. Yes, yes I've played them all. Oh, they're all and, he, and he's coming out with another one. I mean, that's just awesome. Yes, yes. I, b- I believe it's I, kind of like a kind of like a remake, kind of or a re- reimagining. I think of the of the first one. No, it's the finale. It's the actual finale. Oh, really? The oh, okay. That's... All of them, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've done voice acting professionally for video games as well. I mean, I have I did the voices for about six characters in uh, Zach McCracken Beyond Space and Time, which was um, a fan-based adventure game, which you can download for free, which is awesome, uh, made by Visionaire Ooh. Studios. Yeah, was, I mean, like, I, I've done a lot of cool things, and I just really wanted to take what I've done for other people and turn it into something that I'm doing for myself, because I love making games, and I love telling stories, right? Right, Who doesn't? yes, exactly. I'm sure that's why you're making an adventure game. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Story. But yeah, no, the Tex Murphy games were were amazing, and and, and I love um, Chris Jones as, as a character. I think he really embodies a character. Yeah. So what? Uh, I can't imagine anybody else play, playing him, playing Tex. No, um, not at all. And I, I read the novels as well from Aaron Connors, and they're really good as well. They're, you know, like they're proper. Because <laughs> I know that when you have like books based on video games, they mightn't always have the best reputation. But these are really, really good. These are really like proper novels. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really well done. But, you know, I, I have to use you actually as a marketing platform. Not for me, actually, for a, a friend... A friend's company called, you know, Visioner Studios, as I was just saying. They're, they're working mm-hmm. on a game called Oak, Oak Island. And I've yes, done a couple of the, yes. Yeah, I've done voices for a couple of the characters in that. And I have to say, you know what? They went through a successful Kickstarter campaign. And the game looks mind-blowing. Yes, so, I've definitely I, seen it. I haven't heard much from them because I, I know that they've been giving updates. But I haven't heard from them in a few months. Like, I haven't read any updates in a few months. So that game is still going ahead, right? <laughs> Oh, it's still going ahead, and you know what? Hats off to the guys because they're a very small team too. So it's a lot of work mm. in that, as I yes. know. <laughs> yes, no, the, the story looks great, and I know that there is kind of like a documentary TV series about Oak mm. Island as well, which I know is popular. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully that can help the game sell well. But um, 
but yeah, no, I should probably try and get in contact with them. They're, you know, that game looks really, really interesting. So yeah, I, I think you should because I, I would definitely like to hear about it and hear some updates on it as well. So it's just kind of a shout out to them. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thanks for reminding me. So, so anyway, so so yeah, so you've done a lot of cool things as as you as you mentioned, and you've worked on a few educational games. And mm. I just just curious as well, uh, what uh, what type of games did you make exactly for the for the museums, you know, were they interactive then that you go to the museums and you have the games there with the exhibits? Or Yeah, it, it's basically uh, interactive kiosks. For example, the Spy Museum, uh, you actually can become one of the Bond villains, uh, oh, which cool. is pretty cool. And you, um, where, where is this again? Is this in the US? Yeah, it's in the state. You know what? I don't remember where it is. I, New York? I, I, okay, Possibly? I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll be going to the US. So, well, by the time this interview is uploaded, I'm sure it'll be returned, but uh, all going well. But yeah. uh, okay. Uh, no, it's it's great. And I, I mean, I've worked on you know uh, Inca type uh, interactive kiosks as well for the Smithsonian, and uh, actually, you know, I, I uh, it's not an adventure game, but I'm, I'm working on a project called Wolf's Quest. A lot of people love that. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, I haven't. Uh, but- yeah, but it re- <laughs> yeah, well, it's not an adventure game. It's where you are actually a wolf, blah, blah, blah. But it's like I've done all the animations and stuff for it. And it seems to be a really popular time. I'm doing a lot of marketing for other people. What's going on here? <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry. We'll, we'll get to your game now in a second. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good. But, uh, okay, now no, no, I'm curious. Uh, I'll check. I'll be sure to check out Wolf's Even though it's not an adventure game, it sounds cool. So Yeah, it's a simulation game. I think it was originally done for the Minnesota Zoo. And uh, I guess he's acquired the rights back from it, and he's making a huge update. So, okay. So, if there are any fans of simulation games on this channel, then check it out. I'm, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are fans of, you know, hopefully, all types of games. So. Uh, Okay, so now we can talk about you again. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, so, so you said you, you started a company in 2000. Um, so have you made other types? I mean, apart from for other people, have you made other games for yourself in that time? Yeah. Um, wow, geez. It started way back when iPhone and iPod Touch was in first generation. I did a wow. game called Gore. Yeah, a long time ago now, but I, I did a game called Goreball, which is basically a hack and slash zombie arcanoid brick breaking type game. That's a mouthful to say, by the way. <laughs> Sounds but, like yeah, it. <laughs> no, it was a cool game. It was it was critically acclaimed. I felt really good, and it sold enough to get one beer. Cool. So okay. yeah, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a financial success by any way, shape, or form. But you know, it is what it is. Okay, That's indie but- developers for you. Oh yeah, but I've I've heard that you know that's important to get at least the first game out there, you know, to learn the ropes, to get you know so, something out there to show yourself and other people that you can make a game, and then yeah. go on from there. So yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I've worked I've worked on other titles too. I mean, I've got uh, just recently released, um, well, no, two years ago I released it now called Retro Pinball. It's a pinball game. It's on Steam. And I also recently released a game that I made for my son specifically. I wasn't even planning on releasing it called Artie's Adventure Mini Golf. Uh, very niche markets, by the way. I don't recommend developers making those because they don't make money. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you learn from it, right? That's the thing. Indie developing is like probably one of the hardest things I've ever stepped into. You know, right. So. But it is what it is. Uh, what what do you think you you've learned most from making those two games and releasing those two games? 
Uh, well, I, I've learned quite a lot, actually. Uh, don't pick niche markets because uh, you just don't make anything. So you waste all that time and effort into it. But see, it's kind of a double-edged sword, really, right? For a developer out there, they want to make a game that they are compassionate about. They just love something about that game. And when they try to make it and they think it's going great, then they finally get it on Steam or Green Man Gaming or any other sales platform, and it doesn't sell. And it's disheartening. But, I mean, you know, what I've learned is just to look to see what other people are playing and see if you can take something that you're passionate about and put into that genre. Because I, I was looking, I guess, I was looking at, um, I guess, the research numbers, and it's like 7.68% of the market wants adventure games, which is wow. huge. I mean, that's huge. So, say that again. How, how much? Seven point... About, about 7.86% of the market want adventure games. Of, of the gaming market? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that actually because we, can, we consider this like a niche genre, but, uh, but no, when I, when I tell people, like friends of mine, who I never would have imagined would be like into games, I know adventure games, and I tell them, and they're all really interested, and they say, oh, I played this game. I played... Uh, you know, one said uh, just uh, a few days ago, said, oh, I played Firewatch and they did a thesis on it. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's yeah, the demand really the demand is there. Yeah, well, the demand is there. And I mean, that that's... But I mean, I think it's always been a passion for me to go back to the roots of gaming, which was adventure games. Text-based, exactly. then yes. graphic-based, right? They were the first, first of its kind, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why I love adventure games so much. Cool, okay. And okay, and then now you're currently, as you mentioned, working on David Slade Mystery. So you, you mentioned that uh, advice you give is not to work on a niche market. Would you, after what we said, would you consider adv an adventure game, you know, the adventure game market to be niche now, or can it be more mainstream? Uh, well, see, here's the thing. From my perspective, I've done a lot of research, I've done a lot of trial and error, and I find that people want games that are story driven. Now they're sick of games that just you pick up and you shoot things. You know, people want right. to be told a story. That, I think that's why Naughty Dog is such a huge, huge breadwinner yes. in the games industry. Because they yeah. tell awesome stories. Yeah, right? with Unch Uncharted and The Last of Us are, you know, two of the best yeah. stories that, that could be, like, in books or in or movies easily, so or better Abs than Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. So would I consider adventure games a niche market no not really i would say it's slightly growing people some people would disagree with that some people say it's shrinking but i i disagree i think it's it's growing because i mean if you look at the statistics on steam uh people are picking up story driven games and adventure games plays a huge percentage in that mm -hmm. yeah i i agree entirely with you that uh you know again just to prove your point with the adventure x in london last year was the first time they actually sold tickets where you could pay for and they sold out. So uh, there you go. I, I could only get tickets for one day on Sunday, and that day it was absolutely packed. You know that there were many different adventure game developers and fans, and people from all over the world were there as well. There were people who flew in just from Brazil, just for that weekend. And now in Boston, there's a Narrowscope, which is for narrative games as well. So as as you say, you know, I think that they're they're increasing. There's more and more people, as you say, want stories in games. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, even if you read the reviews on some of these uh, games on the store that are AAA titles, you know, they have 100 or plus people working on them. And they say, well, this sucks because there's no story, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and, then, and then you play a, an indie solo man produced uh, title 
And a lot of the comments, yeah, I mean, you can't please everyone. That's just impossible. But a lot I'm of the sure. positive, <laughs> a lot of the positive comments are like, oh wow, a great story, good character, good likable characters. And I think that's the key: is good likable characters, a good solid storyline, and mm-hmm. a decent amount of playtime, right? Sure. Yeah. I think with uh, yeah, decent amount of playtime. I think with adventure games, I mean, it's I think it's probably expected that it won't be as long as other games. Like I, I certainly don't expect an adventure game to be like a hundred plus hours, like Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, for what I always want from an adventure game is whatever the length to be. You know, good. You know, a good game, a good story, and uh, if it, if the game is like two or three hours, but then what do you put in that two or three hours? So. Yeah, exactly. Kind of important as well. So, but um, but yeah, because then I believe it was last year that I think there was a Star Wars game that was cancelled, the single player narrative Star Wars game, and the developer publisher can't remember exactly who said that. Oh, people want multiplayer online games. They don't want story games. They don't want narrative games. And now, lo and behold, just a few months ago, they've announced that there is going to be. A single-player narrative Star Wars game. <laughs> that, ah, there you go. So point, there, point proven. Exactly. Now that's not an adventure game, but that they did focus on the narrative and the story when they announced it, and they said it's going to be no multiplayer. I don't know it's going to be online, but it's there's not going to be any loot boxes. It's going to be focusing on the story and the gameplay. So again, what we're saying as well, what people want as well. Um, so then your game, David Slade Mysteries. Uh, what, I I know that you probably don't want to reveal too much because you know the story it is it is a mystery it's in the title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what what can you tell us about it? So I'll I'll leave this to you because I now I don't know much about the game myself, but I'll I'll leave it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, you know I I have to be fair to the people that have actually stuck with me through I guess since 2016. So I'll, I'll go back to the beginning real quick. I'll make it short. Sure. Story. Yeah. Uh, back in 2016, I worked on David Slade Mysteries, but before that, it was actually called uh, Cold Case Files: Death from Above. It was an old school 2D point and click pixel art adventure game, and people liked it, people wanted it, and then it kind of matured into David Slade Mysteries in early 2016. But the thing is, uh, I worked on the art. I, I'm a solo man group, so I, I do all the art, all the programming, all that stuff myself, and it was good. On, in my eyes, it was good, and, and in, in people that play tested it, it was good. But the problem is, is you know, life got in the way. You know, I got married, I moved to the UK, moved from the UK to the Philippines, bought land, built a house, had a kid, blah blah blah. You know the story. Just it just snowballed. <laughs> so yeah, that seems like a lot of things have happened. <laughs> right, and unfortunately, you know, I had to focus on client work. So so David Slay Mysteries got put on the back burner, so to speak. And early, uh, well, no, late last year, um, I decided, you know what? People are still asking for David Slay Mysteries because it was originally put on Steam and it was greenlit based on the old trailer and all that stuff. But when I played it and I loaded it up, it looked old. It looked dated. It looked antiquated, I guess you could say. Um, Because even though people like stories, they still want it to look somewhat good. Right. (laughs) You know. People are picky when it comes to I'm I'm a little bit picky when it comes to that. I still play the old stuff and I still love it. But, you know, people want newer, higher fidelity, better quality graphics. Um, so I reworked it from the beginning to where it is now. All new graphics, all new voice acting, uh, everything. And now David Slay Mysteries, Memories of the Past, which is chapter one. 
of of the uh, IP, right? So it's the beginning of everything. So that that's that's the story of that. Now I guess you okay. probably want to know a bit about it, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for, first I, sh- I should have asked you about that how the game came about. So you've answered that question. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's that's how it came about, and as, as you mentioned, it's um, it's 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 kind of like a p- police quest. We can talk about the gameplay then after, but it's it's a kind of like in uh, similar to police quest. Would you would you say? Uh, chapter one, not at all. Um, okay. Chapter one. <laughs> Chapter one is more of a first-person experience. Uh, it's not okay. third-person at all. It's uh, not a point-and-click per se. It, it, it kind of is a mixture between a first-person and a point-and-click adventure game um, where you interact with the world and you walk around, and then when you, you can unlock the cursor and you can examine things and interact with things that way. Um, so it, it's a pretty cool game i guess in respects to how you interact and play with things it's nothing new or exciting it's been done before it just hasn't been this story just hasn't been told before so that and that's what i'm focusing on is the story okay and then what if you could tell us a story about the game as much as you can so presumably david slade is the main character i assume yes he he's the series protagonist and this is where chapter one kicks off and explains uh where he or who he is, what he does for a living, and what happened to him in the past. And originally, when David Slay Mysteries came out or was worked on in 2016, it didn't include the prologue chapter, which it does now. I've actually included a prologue chapter called Apartment 202, which takes five years, takes place five years prior to the game's timeline currently, and it, it explains certain things. So to tell you what it's about, without giving too much away. Um, Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to really think about this because I don't want to slip up. No spoilers. Um, but no, what it is 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 David Slade uh, is a rookie homicide detective, and uh, he usually travels up to his uh, folks' farm to visit them every year. And uh, this year, since it was his first day on the job, and he was got you know a call was dropped on his lap, uh, he had to cancel and on the sister, and the sister had to drive up to visit the family herself. However, along the way, the sister gets into a car accident and dies. So now David blames himself for his sister's death. Um, So five years later, uh, it's her fifth anniversary of her passing. He drives up to the family farm in this time of remembrance. But along the way, he took the same road that she did five years prior. And him himself gets into into an accident along the way. He's stranded. He's injured. He's looking for help at a house nearby. But he's not ready for what happens next. So that's the, the... cut and dry version of i guess the synopsis <laughs> right so uh, so i'm sure everything works out in that house right? <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 see a lot of see a lot of people they will go what is it a horror is it a thriller is it you know so i i you know i don't want to really say but it's not a horror game it's not something that focuses on blood and guts yes there is some gore in there mm. um but not a, nothing over the top it's you know uh, jump scares, very, very, very few. Um, you know, like I said, it's a story-driven game. Mm. So I'd class it more as a thriller. There you go, okay. thriller. I'm sticking to that. That's a thriller. Okay, yeah, so it's a thriller. You can have nearly just about anything. You can have a mystery. You can have horror. You can have some comedy as well. <laughs> it's, so Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a bit of humor in it. Yeah, well, but yeah when I say comedy, I mean humor as well. I don't expect to be like... no. Yeah, I think with some of like... 
uh, some of these stories as well. That do, do you? Because um, I, I spoke to when I spoke to the to the Coles a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, and they said as well, even with serious stories, that they believe you need to have some elements of humor. Um, because if you have it all serious all the time, it gets tiring for the for the viewer, the player, uh, in their view. Uh, what what do you think about that? Do you, because I imagine your story is serious from what it sounds like, but do you, did you think that there should be some elements of humor? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, see the thing is, right when when people make an adventure game, doesn't matter who you are, myself included, you want the people that are playing it to like the character. You want to have right. that connection, right? You don't want to have the disconnect between the protagonist and the rest of the story. So if you're all serious, 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 it gets, like you said, boring very quickly. Whereas if, even if you throw in a little bit of dark humor in there that makes the person behind the screen smile a little bit, then you know you've created some kind of a connection. You're going to like that character. You're going to believe what that character is going through as opposed to just, oh, God, he's so serious. This is lame. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, yes, I agree with you. Okay, yeah, no, because when I, uh, even when I see like uh, you know some movies that are really good, but sometimes the characters are just so serious, and it, and you feel feel like being like the Joker saying, "Why so serious?" <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's actually you know that's actually a really good analogy because you know when uh, oh, what's his name uh, Heath Ledger was the Joker, and he made the pencil disappear up that guy's nose or in his face yes. or whatever the hell he did to I couldn't stop laughing for like an hour. I know, it was, it was very funny. I thought Heath Ledger was, I mean, he was terrifying, but also very funny. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that goes to what you were just saying about uh, liking the character, you know, mm. connecting with him a little bit more. And, and if he was just full-on serious, I don't think his character would have worked no. in that movie at all. So. No, exactly. And even, the, again, the time of recording, the last movie I just saw was John Wick. And that's a you know, serious story when every basically everybody's trying to kill him. But there is humor oh. in it as well. There is, you know, quite a bit of humor. Like I think as you mentioned, dark humor. So Yeah, oh yeah. Very dark in that one. Yeah, it's very dark. It's you know, it's in, you know, particularly with, with the action scenes themselves, you know, there is uh again, it's not a spoiler which happened at the very very beginning, but they they fight in a knife museum for some reason. But you know, but it's really cool. And it's kind of <laughs> and you're kind of wincing but laughing at the same time. And the whole cinema was like that as well. But it kind of works, you know, it's intentional from the movie. So Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But but yeah, so the re- the storyline itself is, I imagine, serious then. Um Yeah, it's it's quite serious. But like I said, there is some humor hmm. in there. There's there's some uh, no, I'm not gonna say that. I don't want to give yeah. it away. Sure. Yeah. No. That's we can uh, we can move on. So it it seems to be like a black spot on the road. You know, it's the, it's the sister uh, crashes the car and then the the brother crashes the car at the same yeah. spot. <laughs> bad, bad luck. Bad luck. But but the story does unfold and explain everything. Don't you worry. Okay. Sure. So I know because I saw the the trailer which I, you released in the on the twenty ninth of April. I saw and it looks really really intriguing. So again, we don't. We, it's a type of trailer that I love that you don't, you don't hear like a lot of the story because there's some trailers, mainly in films, that they give away the entire story. But in this trailer, mm. it sets it up. It's like what you said at the beginning. It sets up what happens to the main character. But I still have no idea what's going to happen or what to accept to expect. Um, all I know is I want, uh, I want to know more what happens. Uh, so now you mentioned that there are different chapters in in the game. 
So is this going to be something like, you know, what Telltale used to do with different episodes and have it more episodic? Or are they more full-length games, longer-length games? Or how exactly are they going to play out, if you don't mind saying? Uh, no, no, not at all. No, um, first of all, Telltale games, sad that they're gone because they're awesome. I know, yes. You know, that's very, very upsetting. Yeah, love the Back to the Future series, by the way. That was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, David Slay Mysteries is in chapters they are episodic in the sense that it's a chapter in david's life so what that means is basically uh chapter one memories of the past is focusing on what happened to his sister and what's happening to him currently um but in no way shape or form do you need to play chapter one before you can play chapter two they're 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 encapsulated their own encapsulated story from beginning to end um because i'm the type of guy when i when i buy a game i hate dlc i've never been a fan of it uh, I, I don't believe. Yeah, I, I don't believe you should force the the consumer to buy a game, then play it, then they have to wait six months to a year to play the second part to find out what happened. Right. I I, I believe um, from a gamer standpoint as well as a developer standpoint that if you buy my game, I want you to get a full experience and go away fulfilled, knowing what happened from start to finish. So. Sure. Okay. That sounds good. So then with the, the different chapters, so they all have the self-contained story then? Yeah, they do. I've got uh, two other chapters that are, are drafted out. Um, chapter two is called The Riverside Slasher, and chapter three is called Toe Tag. Um, chapters two and three are going to be more along the lines of a police quest type game in the sense of your policing and you're not fighting to survive so to speak okay <laughs> again i don't want to give too much away <laughs> sure yeah will they be first person as well or will they be third person or can you well, reveal uh well see that's the thing right now it's kind of up in the air because I, I want to get uh chapter one out first see how people like it see what the reviews are because I, i'm the type of guy when i make a game i, I firmly believe that you listen to the consumer you li- good and bad mm-hmm. um you li- you listen to the feedback and if people say, well, you know, it was all right in first person, but it would have been so much better in a point and click or third person or something or other like that, then I'll reconsider. Um, I've, I've been told by oh, like 15, 25 plus people in the last month alone, oh, it should be VR. And yeah, just, yeah. just like that, <laughs> just like that. I'll, I'll, I'll start again for the third time, you know, but uh, yeah, I, you know, virtual reality is always on my mind. That's something I definitely want to to dig into i mean i've even you know been in talks with a couple other people outside of uh, my studio um where we want to make uh david slade mysteries case files which will be actual individual crime scenes and then you have to investigate the crime scene physically picking up things photographing evidence that kind of thing so i'm looking at doing something like that as well um but i want to get david slade mysteries chapter one first out the door and go from yeah there. yeah no, de- definitely as you mentioned just get the first game out there but but uh, but in your since you've done research uh, yourself, do, do adventure game players in general play VR games? Because from what I mean, we're kind of a conservative bunch, you know. Like I know there are people who even want all games to be pixel art 2D games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can imagine. I mean, I know that they're probably you know a small kind of section, as you mentioned with this, uh, how many people actually want to play adventure games in total, but. Um, do, do, do you, in your research, did you find that people want to play more 
VR games, apart from those people who asked you to make David Slade mysteries in VR, but in general, do you think that people want to play more VR or are they just happy with the way that adventure games are now? Well, I think the hardcore, true-blood adventure gamer just loves a point-and-click or a first-person <laughs> adventure on their computer. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I also have to look at the wide scope of things. Sure. Virtual <clears throat> virtu- reality, let's face it, is on the up-and-up. You know, you've just got the uh, Oculus Quest, which is coming out, oh, tomorrow. Sweet. Um, and that's a standalone headset. Uh, what I really like... Uh, the direction of adventure games going on, say, the quest, is that you can physically, well, as much as you physically can, interact with the world. So it's way more immersive than looking at a flat screen. Now, that doesn't mean that the story is going to be better on the VR or better on the desktop. But mm. from from my personal view, I think you kind of got to satisfy both. So maybe moving forward, if I do Chapter 2, for example... Uh, hypothetically speaking, of course, and I do it in first-person mode again, I might layer in a VR mode for that game so there's best of both worlds. Right. Sure. Well, I'll I'll be all for it, you know, because I always, as you mentioned, I I really want to try and get adventure games, you know, more and more into the mainstream. So I think that Mm. would be a really good way as well. And would there be a way, do you think, of having the boat options, you know, in VR and then more the standard mode for people who don't have VR? Yeah, actually, there's uh, a couple titles that I've seen out already. I can't remember the names of them, but uh, they actually have a VR mode built in. So when you go to the main menu, it's either Start or VR Start, uh, okay, which so is possible cool. to them. Cool, yeah? Yeah, it's absolutely. Because, I mean, you got to look at it this way, right? From a first-person view, the only difference between uh, moving WASD and your mouse to look around, you're using your head, and you're either teleporting or using uh, body locomotion. Uh, in VR, and you see your hands. That's really, in essence, a very standard, basic look at the differences between the two. Mm. As opposed to like a third person or a side-scrolling point-and-click where VR, I don't think that would work too well. But then, Moss has proven me wrong on that as well, because that's apparently a really good adventure platformer VR game. So... Okay, what's the name of that game? Moss? I know we're talking with other people now again, but... <laughs> yeah, that, that one's called Moss. It's... Uh, available for the quest and the rift and all that stuff as well it's a side-scrolling platformer game basically but you also can interact with the world with your hands and trigger traps and help the mouse get across certain parts of the level so it's kind of classed as a semi-adventure game it looks pretty darn good in my opinion but okay i'll I'll check it out then uh and yeah no i think the future definitely i think in the future definitely we'll have more adventure games in vr i know i think there was one it was released last year. I think it was more like a more like a tech demo or something rather than a fully fledged adventure game. I may be wrong on that, but I I believe like you could actually talk to the character and they would respond to you. So like you know, text adventure putting commands, but this time it was your voice. So mm. it looked pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd so, be very cool. So so yeah, no, definitely. I think the the future is is bright. You know, I think adventure games can definitely go fit very well into into VR. So. Um, so then in your game David Slade Mysteries so different chapters how long more or less do you think the first chapter will be or is there yeah I, I, I can I, well or is it I, hard to, say, I know it's hard to, to say but yeah it, it's hard to say really because you gotta look at it from my eyes here because I, I'm a solo developer I'm the one man band I'm doing it all so I, you know the programming the visuals the sound you name it I'm doing it 
And uh, so that's a lot of work for one guy to do. As mm-hmm. a lot of other indie developers out there know. Um, but there's some people out there that have teams. Uh, like right. the guys at like Visionaire Studios, for example. And Oak Island's been in the works for ages. It looks amazing. And it's going to be amazing. But they have more resources than I do. You know. Um, nice. Right Right now, the game currently sits at about an hour plus gameplay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it, it's a fair chunk. It's not a huge chunk by any means. Um, but I would say probably the game is about thirty-six-ish mm, percent complete. That I'm willing okay. to share anyway. Do you expect? Uh, I know this very, very early, but the future chapters. Do you expect them to be similar lengths, or do you expect to maybe? Uh, expand maybe a little bit, or or is it too early to tell? Well, no, actually, you know, the thing is, right? Is it, I hate to say it, but the truth is, is it all comes down to money. At the end of the day, if I don't right. make money, if I don't make money with David Slay Mysteries, am I going to stop making it? Absolutely not, because I love it. But then at the same time, I have to dig into my resources myself. So that's a little bit different than if someone buys the game. You know, and they, right. they give me their hard-earned money, then I can go, okay, thank you for that. Now I can put that into Chapter 2 or into updates or what have you. Um, <clears throat> so really, it, it, it's a double-edged sword again. It's like, you know, if I get the sales, then absolutely I, I'll, I'll continue working on it. Even if I don't get the sales, I'll continue to work on it. But that will differentiate whether it's going to be longer or about the same, same length of an experience. Sure, yeah, that, that makes sense. Good, good to know that you still plan on continuing, uh, you know, yeah. working on cha- Chapter 2. But of course, you know, I think we all prefer that your game actually makes money so that you can make the game that you want to make and you don't have to dig into your own funds. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, with that said, too, though, is, is I listen to the community's feedback on what they like. I, I, I'm not going to change my story, per se, for the community. But if they think, oh, if you do this to change it, to improve it, okay, I'll listen to that. I'll put that in my to-do list. Uh, I'm I'm very active in the community in terms of that because as an adventure gamer, you know, I go to all these websites and and I read up on reviews and I play some of these games and and some of them are absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, and and, uh, some developers don't listen to the public and they kind of fall on their face because of it. And I'm not like that. I I like to hear what people have to say about it. Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah, because no, there, are, as you mentioned, there are games as well. That, uh, you know, that made the first game, it it was good, but then there are a few things that they could change, and then the second game came along. That seems like they listened to the wrong feedback. That they still keep the the things that were kind of wrong with the game, and then they take away some of the things that were right. You know, it has happened. I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean it's it's hard also to listen to everyone and, sure, and yeah, as as you mentioned, you know, it's impossible to please everyone. So oh, I want aliens and Godzilla to appear in the game. <laughs> there will always be haters. <laughs> yeah, always. some people no, no matter what. Some game de- developers on Twitter they share that someone you know had I think just point point zero one hours and saying oh this game is useless and they're they're yeah. saying how and, and then. I believe there is, you know, one game that was actually really good, but it was available for free. And now it's it's done, you know, sold a lot, you know, or not sold, but had a lot of downloads, and it's really, really popular. But then one person, it takes about an hour to play, and then that person said, "Oh, this is an hour wasted in my life." And you know, it's yeah. like, okay, there's a game for free that many people think is really good. A lot of people worked on it, and 
But yeah, as you say, you can't please everybody. Some people are going to hate no matter what you do. So yeah, exactly. But, but then again, I think you know with the adventure game community, a lot of people are very you know positive and help each other, which is really good to see. So yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. that from what I see, we there's not you know the toxicity that we have maybe in other genres. From what I can see, okay, you have of course some some people you know, but in general, I see with the developers and with the fans that they really support each other. So yeah, I and, agree. Yeah, so um, so with the with the game now, as I mentioned, I saw the trailer and see some screenshots. It, the game looks incredible. Uh, what would you mind letting us know what engine you're using to to make the game? Uh, yeah, I'm actually using uh, the U- Unity 3D engine. Um, mm-hmm. Probably because it's the, the most access- accessible engine out there. I mean, there's a lot of other great ones out there as well, but, uh, you know, Godot and Unreal and all that stuff. But I just find that the community is really, really good in, in the Unity community anyway. So that's that's the engine I've settled on. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a solid engine a little bit bloated for my liking uh so maybe david slay mysteries chapter two will be done somewhere else uh but it again depends on on the testing and and how it goes from there sure yeah no it looks like you know it looks very detailed as well from the from the screenshots and and i thought when when i saw the trailer and again when you said that you're the only one working on it i was thinking really because it it looks you know it looks like a team is working on it so yeah, it, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because it's um, now I've, I've seen other games that have you know solo developers or two or three people that look great, but but you know this as well. It's uh, at least from what I can see, it you know the environments they look very detailed. Like you, you don't look like you cut corners. So no, no, I, I'm I'm trying to put my best foot forward because, like I said, I I like something that looks pretty but also tells a good story. But you know, if you're staring at it, it has to look good. And, sure. Um, you know, I find a lot of these uh, other adventure games that come out, it's either one or the other. They look horrible, but they play and tell a really great story, or they look amazing, really amazing, and the story is not there. Sure. You know, so th- there, there's that as well, and I'm trying to find a good balance where it's a good storyline, looks good, plays good, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, yeah. And. Um... And now, is there any action in the game? So, can there be any? Is there any death scenes in the game? So, like police quest, for example. Or? Uh, well, death scenes in the sense of like a police quest type <laughs> game where we're in a, a homicide scene, kind of. Um, but I get the well, I'm not giving it away. But yeah, there's kind of that. Um, it's not. Don't if people expect something like Outlast, uh, where you're hiding under beds and in closets and stuff like that from your captors, it's not going to be like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, there's going to be elements where you see your captors and, and you interact with them and stuff like that, but, you know, it's not going to be a run-and-gun hide, oh, they catch you, you're dead type thing, no. Okay. Okay, that sounds good to hear. And then I, I see as well on the website that, you say you have mouse and keyboard and Xbox controller support. So are you looking to release it on other platforms such as Xbox? Uh, well, that, that, that's that a double-edged sword as well. Because, I future. mean, it's ex- <laughs> yeah, well, it's not only that. It's expensive to release on those other platforms. Yes. And, and you've got a lot of politics, right? That's why I, I'm an avid diehard PC gamer because it's very easy to get your game released. Um, whereas on a 
you know, a system like the PlayStation or, you know, those other big boys, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive, especially for an indie developer. It's not for a team of one. It is not enticing to even attempt to get on those other platforms. Sure. Okay. So, so it's better, first of all, on a PC, see how it does. Yeah. I'm not saying no. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying not planned right now. That's all sure. I'll say about um, okay, yeah, sure. We can we we can see you know take a you mentioned that it's best to get the game out there first of all and see see how it does. Yeah, absolutely, and that no. that's what I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to get it out as soon as possible. Sure, and then you also much mention website that it's with mouse and keyboard. Now we spoke a little bit about how it's first person, but how how do you so when you control the character is it node based or do you you know a real time walk you walk around in the game as well yeah it's it's a uh, real-time walking so you can walk wherever you want um you know uh there's there's no point here to walk there no it's nothing like that it's, you walk around and you use a uh interact button which then unlocks the cursor locks the camera view of whatever you're looking at and then you have your point and click cursors which is like look at and pull push whatever and then you click on that action or whatever action you want to perform and it does that in the game then you lock the cursor back up and you can walk around again. So, um, you know, you've got your, there's a bit of, you got your gen- generic inventory in there, you got a little bit of crafting in there, so you might need to combine some items to actually craft something that you need to get further on in the game. So stuff like that. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going on to next, actually, with the, with the puzzles in the game. So this being like a kind of crime scene, horror, thriller, uh, now you mentioned that you can combine some objects. Uh, are you able to say what, more or less, what type of puzzles we can expect in the game? Um, well, a lot of them are just logic-based puzzles. You know, like this door is locked. You need to find a key, but not that simple. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are those in there where you need to actually. Now, how you find that key is a little bit difficult than just saying, "Oh, look, there's a key," and you pick it up off the ground. So. <laughs> And then, and then on top of that, I, you know, I've got, uh, for example, in the demo that I have now, um, the internal demo, I guess I should say, uh, that is done now. You have, you know, a puzzle box where you have to to unlock it by solving this puzzle before the chest actually opens to acquire whatever's inside. Um, so there are going to be some puzzles, but then you've got to be careful too, because in a game like this, you know, it, it, say for example, if you got into an accident and you went to someone's house. And uh, would you find, like, a puzzle on the wall where you had to connect pieces? So you got to be, yeah, you got to be careful because you want to keep it somewhat realistic and not over the top, like, well, why is that there? That makes no sense, you know. Exactly, yeah. It's it's a balance. It's a balance. Yeah, because you might think, oh, I'm in a car accident, you know, I'm hurt, and then you see this puzzle, as you mentioned, on the wall, you're like, oh, would I really... You know, spend time trying to resolve it for... <laughs> exactly, you wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. So so I imagine that, uh, you know, if one of the main challenges might be to integrate the puzzles in the story, you know, to have the puzzles make sense. Yeah, within exactly. The, within the game world, yes, which... And I, and I know from speaking to other developers as well that it can be challenging, at least you know, from me as well, because I don't make games, but if I did... I know I probably think oh, how to add this puzzle and make it make sense probably is very challenging. Yeah, uh, you don't want it to look out of place, and that and that's the thing. A lot of this stuff in these games do in some context. Sure. Um, 
you know, then then see the thing is right. You can get away with it if you make like a a, a comedy game. That doesn't matter. You can throw anything at the screen and just make right. it fun, fun and enjoyable. But if you venture off into like David Slay Mysteries, for example, where it's more of a serious, little bit of dark humor type game, then yeah, it can get a little bit daunting. Of oh, does that make sense? Should, should I put that there? No, that doesn't make sense. I got to take that out. Mm. And it's and that's the problem I'm finding myself doing is I'll, I'll put it in, and I'll send it off to to a couple of play testers, and they'll go like, well, that's cool, but that makes no sense. Why is that there? So, okay, I'll right. take it out. You yeah, know. Sure. especially when it's kind of like a realistic setting. Uh, mm. that would, would it make sense to have this kind of puzzle as well? Would they really do that? So, so it yeah. kind of makes it even more challenging. Because something like, again, with the Monkey Island series or even King's Quest series, you could just add you know different things. But since they're comedies, they can get away yeah. with it more. So. Exactly. Uh, but, I mean, I, I just I do want to clarify one thing, though, is, is mm-hmm. Chapter 1... Is not is not like a police quest. The, sure, the other yeah. chapters, yeah, the, the the other chapters will be, you know, crime scene investigation, interviewing people, blah blah blah. But this one is basically telling the story of how he became the detective that he is now and why he's so good at his job and the crap that he went through when his sister died and all that stuff. So it, it you know, it's I just don't want people to have this this. Oh, it's going to be like Police Quest. That's one of my favorite games. And then they get it and go, what the hell? This sure. isn't Police Quest. <laughs> you know? Sure. That, that's the last time I mentioned it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's good. You know, it's kind of its own thing as well. So, um, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. Okay. And then when we, you know, we, we get to in the trailer, there is, uh, you know, there's, there's music in it. You know, there's kind of like an orchestral sounds so the full game will have like a like uh, like would it have an orchestra or what type of music will it have in the game yeah well see here's the thing uh, a few years back uh, a friend of mine is is uh, a very good friend with a composer called uh, michael shapiro he's he does uh, film and tv scores and he's an amazing amazing musician composer sorry i better say that right he'll kill me otherwise <laughs> um and he he had a stockpile of music that he made and no one liked or couldn't use in that project and said well i can donate this to you i was like oh really okay i'll take that and he discovered he went through all his collection and he found out you know good thriller horror type uh music that he's done so yeah the the entire the entire game will have an orchestrated soundtrack which i think is amazing considering it's an indie title that's like rare and it's only because of my friend who knew someone that was a composer. <laughs> so. Okay, well, contacts. <laughs> yeah, it's who you know. <laughs> exactly. No, no, that sounds great because, again, when I heard it, I thought, well, they sound really good. So. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. It's not easy, but I'm trying. Oh, no, I, I can imagine. But so the music is done by Michael Shapiro then. Uh, not the one in the trailer, no. That is a uh, by another composer that I uh, purchased a license for to use okay in that, uh, trailer. but yeah, then but, in but throughout, game throughout the game yeah, it'll in, be michael shapiro yeah in in the game it'll be michael michael gordon shapiro that'll be his music playing throughout yeah okay well look look forward to hearing that and then there there's voice acting in the trailer i heard will there be voice acting in the game yes it'll be uh fully voiced english dialogue um yes there are probably going to be plans because i know you're thinking this uh about other languages um i'm sure, yeah, you're way ahead my, of me 
<laughs> I'm way ahead of you. I'm, I'm hoping to do additional language support. Um, Russian is a huge percentage of the, the adventure game market, so I'm hoping to to appease them and do that at some point. But again, that, that comes down to funding. But yeah, it does have a fully spoken dialogue. I, I voice uh, David Slade. I think it's probably because I'm too cheap to hire someone else. <laughs> um, but with that said, I, I acquired the talent of an extremely amazing voice actress uh, named Melissa Sheldon. She is phenomenal. She plays David's sister. And it, you, uh, actually, it's not in the trailer, so I can't tell you. But she's in the, the, the intro cinematic in the game. And she just is so convincing. And when the two come together, when I'm doing my spiel and she's doing her spiel, it's like two normal people talking. So it works really well. So hats off to Melissa. Thank you, Melissa, if you're listening. Okay, and do you know if she's appeared in anything else? Would would we know her from anything? Do you know? Now I know I can check this, but just offhand. Um, she's done she's done a lot actually. She's she's a professional voice actress. She does it for a living. Um, I don't honestly know what else she's done game wise, but uh, I know she does a lot of. She likes doing anime. She does radio plays, but she also does commercials. She does other video games. She does it all. Uh, okay. She's really good at it. She's really, really good at it. Okay, so good that you got a professional voice actor as well. So, Yeah, well, I, see, the thing is, is I wanted, when, when you meet Janet, I want you to connect to her at the beginning of the, the, the game, before you see her die. I want you to connect to her. Sure. Okay. Remember her. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. And now you said that you yourself uh, played a main character. Now, I've spoken to other developers, and they themselves, you know, played a main character. Um, I know that when I spoke to Nathan Hamley, who made Guard Duty, he played uh, the voice of Tonbert, and with Woolly Mountain as well, the developer yeah. did that. And the thing is, in those games, and at least in the trailer here, and you've done voice acting as well, it's, it's, mm. it's good. Um, you know, Garrett, I didn't even notice the developers, but I have seen other games where I found out that the developers did the voice acting as well. And, and I'm not going to name names, but it didn't, it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so how, you know, how, how do you go about, you know, directing yourself? Do you think it's a challenge, you know, would you, do you like doing it or would you prefer to have someone else do it or so? It's, uh hmm <laughs> you know, cause, cause I, I know that you yourself saying okay no i'm writing it i know how to want to sound like because for yeah. example me if i was writing i know i wouldn't be probably a great voice actor so i would try and get someone else if i could but i don't know if it helps that you've done that you do voice acting yourself as well yeah well no i you know what I, I agree because it, it, it is hard to to do voice acting just by itself let alone when you're making a game and then you're like, well, you know, I can't really afford to hire a voice actor, so okay, I'll have to do it myself. And the thing is, is sometimes you find yourself, uh, I find myself actually doing it, where I've overacted and I hate that. <laughs> you know, like, here's an example. Like, you, you know, there's a key on the floor and when you look down at the key and you click on it to look at it, it goes, oh, look, it's a key. Maybe it opens this door. It's like, oh, my God. So, okay, so what you have to do is you got to rethink. So, okay, let me redo this. No, oh, it's just a key on the floor. You know, okay, now that's too much. Now now, now he sounds like he's falling asleep. So you got to find the balance between what's convincing and, and what's realistic. And do I think I've done a good job? Well, I'm my worst critic. I really am. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm my worst critic. And, and would you find it easier to be self-critical than, say, having to be, well, critical of other people? Like if you... Say, for example, if you wanted to do it differently yourself, would, is it easier to kind of like tell yourself, no, I need to do it differently 
than say for example Melissa who has done a lot of work that you know because I know I'd probably be like oh you know Melissa I think you should do it like this but <laughs> yeah well the thing is with Melissa I I just literally said this is what I want you to do and she did it no retakes wow <laughs> so I, yeah no she's really professional and and the thing is, is uh, when I when I looked at the 2016 version of it, oh my God, someone shoot me because I was overreacting so bad. <laughs> and you know, I've worked on projects uh, in between them, like Oak Island and Zach McCracken and stuff like that. And, and Zach McCracken, you have to overact because that's the type of character there. They're just ridiculous right. characters. Um, so finding a, a, a level, I guess you can say, for for David Slay to make him sound convincing has been challenging. Now, the voice is in there now. Is it going to be the final voice? Uh, probably not. I'll probably go back when I actually build a, so- a proper sound booth. Right now, I'm using a, I don't know, a foam dome going over my thing. But when I build a proper studio here in my house, I'm going to probably re-record all the lines again and make note, don't overact, don't overact, don't overact. So, But uh, I, I think, all in all, I think I'm doing an okay job. Yeah, at least from the trailer, it sounds good to me, so... Okay, that's good. <laughs> so now, when I spoke with Dave Gilbert, he said that his favorite part of making or one of his favorite parts is directing the voice actor. That he loves it, and he does it for other games as well. He did it for Whispers of a Machine and Kathy Rain. Uh, what, what's what's your opinion? Do, do you like directing the voice actors as well? Uh, first thing I have to say is Whispers in the Machine, awesome. I haven't played it yet play myself, but I, I do intend yeah, to. It, it, yeah, get it. Really good storyline. Because mm-hmm, I love Kelly um, Rain, so... Oh, yeah, no. Fantastic, fantastic game. Um, yeah, actually, you know, I really I really do enjoy um, directing when I have to. Like I said, I don't have to tell Melissa to redo it because she just nailed it right out the gate. But there have been instances where I've, you know, been in charge of, of other projects. For example, uh, some of the museum kiosks and stuff like that. And the voice acting is just horrible. So I have to, no, you got to do it this way. Oh, well, sure. I don't know. Give me an example. So I give them an example. And then they record it exactly like I did. I said, no, that was an example. They have to do it this way. So it's challenging, <laughs> but it's fun. And I mean, even if you go back to, to you know, Naughty Dog, amazing voice actor. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, just so convincing. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's challenged. I do actually enjoy it. But I prefer just making games better, to be honest. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, well, you're kind of, as you mentioned, a one-man show. You're doing everything yourself. So. Yeah. Um, and then are there, now again, I don't want to, to spoil it, so I won't ask about other characters, but are there other uh, voice actors that you plan on getting? Or can you answer? If you can't answer that, don't worry. We'll move straight on. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are going to be some other voice actors required for the title uh, without giving it away. So, yeah, that that's going to be happening. Um, it's not going to be over the top or too many. Not in this version. And like I said, Chapter 2, Chapter 3, which is more like a police quest, then, yeah, it'll be a lot of spoken dialogue, a lot of different characters because the interviewing of the other characters and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, whereas this one is, is very few because you're held captive at your will, at your, against your will. So... You're right. basically trying to get trying to get out alive, so there's not really too much room for interacting with other people. So, right. Um, do do you work with uh, voice actors remotely then, or do yeah, you do you? yeah, I do. I, I work uh, remotely with all the the voice actors, and they just deliver it. And uh, yeah, so 
that that's that can be challenging as well because you got to then cut it all up, edit it, clean up the sure. audio, and then you got to put it in the game. And go ah, that doesn't work, and then you got to tell them, okay, you got to redo this. Sure. <laughs> now I know on the website it says that the game is coming to Steam and it has a Steam page as well. Uh, are you looking to release it on other platforms as well? Because I have heard from other developers that it's challenging to get it on GOG. They don't accept all, you know, or difficult to get them to accept it. But are you looking to yeah. other platforms as well? Yeah, you know, I, I approached GOG, oh, God, back in 2017, before I redid this, before I started redoing this. And they actually said, yeah, I'm interested in David Slay Mysteries. So I'm hoping that when I send them what I have now, which is about 100 times better than what I had, they will still be interested. Because I, I love GOG.com. Lots of great classics, lots of great content, and lots of amazing indie tiles. So I'd love to be on there. Um, Green Man Gaming, I'd like to get on there. That's the second largest portal online right now. Really? Uh, I've so never like, heard of that. Really? I, that, yeah. I know, you're the second person to say that. Really? No, because I, I mean... I've- I, I feel like I should, but I mean, I've heard of, obviously, GOG, Steam, itch.io, and Epic Store, but I've never heard of Green Man, what? Green, mean, Green Man Gaming, that. yeah. Yeah, okay, Green Man Gaming is, is, yeah, it's classed as the second largest, If well, if you look at the statistics, whether or not they lie or not, but if you look <laughs> at the statistics, again, um, they, they are classed the second largest online portal of games. Of course, Epic's in there and stuff like that, and GOG. But GOG is actually lower on the list than what you think, which actually shocked me when I read all that. So Really? Okay. And do they have many adventure games then in Green Man Gaming? Well, that, see, that's the thing. They do have quite a few, but it, it's more of mainstream games, I guess. Right. Okay. So it's on Steam because it's got the, uh, the uh, coming soon page already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get it on GOG.com. I want to get it on Green Man Gaming. Um I'm not a huge fan of itch.io, uh, and I guess the reason being is because it's more surrounded the the free games, which mm, is a great yeah. marketing tool. Or if you want to host a demo, that's a great place to host your demo for your game, so people can try it first. Um, but but for a purchasing portal, uh, I'm not a big fan of it. I guess yeah, because the game. I've, I've, I've heard paid. other developers say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And uh, will do you plan on releasing a demo of the, the game before the full release by any chance, or do you just plan on just releasing another trailer and then releasing the game? Yeah, see that that because I know some developers are kind of against the demo, and I can agree with you. I can understand with an adventure game mm-hmm. that they don't want to give any spoilers. So yeah, and and that's definitely the problem, especially mm-hmm. with a game like David Slay Mysteries too is you're basically, you have a little bit of an intro, a prologue chapter, and then you're thrown in the deep end. It's not mm-hmm. like I can just go, here's a chunk of the game about three-quarters of the way through. People are going to play and go, well, what the hell's going on? And <laughs> I'm not interested in this game because I don't know what's going on. So it, it, it'll actually probably be detrimental to, to release a mm-hmm. demo for this type of game. So the only way around that, in my opinion, is, is basically what you said about a game trailer, but you've got to also be careful there not to give away spoilers because some game trailers, as you also mentioned, they give way too much away and they're like, well, I don't need to play the game now. I know yeah. how it ends. <laughs> I know everything about it. So. <laughs> so it's a fine line, definitely a fine line on that. So my answer right now is probably no demo, but yes, there will be a full-fledged game trailer when I'm ready to do that. Um, the, the trailer that you saw is just the uh, story 
reveal teaser trailer. So it was just a small, small smidgen of what the game's about. Sure. Well, as as I, as I said, for this game in particular, for a mystery type game, I, for me it works because it made me interested. Like it didn't give away to what the, like what the game was. It didn't give any spoilers that that I could see at least, and it made me more intrigued. So at least for me that worked. That you know you got, got an idea what the game is about. And, you know you know the setup because there are also some particular game traders that. You look and you're like, you're like, what, what is that about? You know, I have no idea what what the game is about, or is, is it even a game? It's <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. So when you release the trailer, you have to try and make sure not to give any spoilers as well. In, mm-hmm. in the that's, game, so. that, that's a challenge. Yeah. So, and uh, then when it comes to funding, you know, we talked. So you're funding the game entirely by yourself, uh, correct? Yeah, uh, I am actually acti- actively looking for a publisher. So I've been approaching some of these big-name publishers out there. Uh, I've gotten rejections. I've gotten, well, we'll, we'll consider it. You know, it's, it's a very hard thing to get is funding outside of, of uh, Kickstarter and stuff like that. And see, the thing is, is I, I, would, I don't know if a Kickstarter would be a good way for me to go because I don't know if, first of all, if enough people know about it and then you have to, you know, get the marketing out there to, for people to know about it and then, you know, it doesn't necessarily guarantee you, um, you know, any kind of return or revenue to help right. finish the game. So, you know, I'd like to do a Kickstarter, but I don't think it'll work. I don't know if it will or not. I have to do some research in, in respects to that. Right, and as, as you mentioned, you know, the Kickstarter you usually need to give like a demo and a trailer. So, and in this this case, might be detrimental, as as he mentioned. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but would would you consider it? So maybe if you release this game, the first part, the first chapter, and then if you needed extra funding, you could say, look, here is this game. Uh, but then again, you know, kind of uh, can be difficult as well. Yeah, no, I understand. It's, uh, diff- you know. In, in you know to find out more because I know that there are some developers who are very pro Kickstarter who've said it thanks to that to you know it's helped them make the game but there are others who say that as you mentioned it's not guaranteed so they're kind of a bit nervous to to use it so yeah it, it's it's tough I mean I tried uh, doing Kickstarter I think back in 2016 for David Slade Mysteries and it fell on its face real quick um, because you know you have to have six months of planning then you have to literally. Right live, breathe, and eat, and sleep Kickstarter um, for the next 30 days or however long your your campaign is running, uh, interacting with the people. And you also have to have really amazing perks for people to be interested. And, you know, it's a lot of work that I, you know, I'd honestly rather not waste my time doing that. I'd rather put my time and my effort into telling an amazing story and making a game as good as I possibly can and getting it in your hands rather than wasting my time on Kickstarter. So Sure. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I agree with that. You know, if when I when I have backed Kickstarters, I have backed them mainly for the games, you know, rather than the merchandise. Yeah. That that you know, for me, it's like you know, oh, I want the game to be released. That looks interesting. Main thing. So, uh, so so yeah. So I know now that you mentioned that it's about thirty six percent, which is very specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> done. <laughs> Uh, no, I have to say no. That was actually a joke. It's not thirty six percent. No, it, it's 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 a quite a long ways away, um, or a long way progressed, I should say. So it's a lot of it is, is done. Um, 
I couldn't really give a percentage to be honest, uh, because you know, like I said, I, I do want to um, extend it. You know, if I get mm-hmm. picked up by a publisher, which you know, if they offer finished financial funding, then of course I'm going to make it longer. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to hire you know a couple artists, blah blah blah. Basically, take some of the payload off my shoulders. Um, sure. But if I do, if I don't get picked up by a publisher, that's not going to stop me. It just will cause the game to be a little bit shorter. But I'm not going to mm-hmm. compromise on quality. I absolutely refuse to do that. Sure, that sounds good. And actually, you reminded me, I meant to ask you as well. So you're working entirely solo now. Um, but I think you already really answered the question. If you had a ch- choice to work on a team, uh, would you prefer to do that? Or would you prefer to work solo, at least for this game? Uh, for this game, I definitely would like to to work solo. Um, for future games, definitely a team. I mean, I've I've teamed up with another guy where we've actually formed a, a side studio that we're working on uh, VR titles as well. So we're, we're doing that as a team, and it's great because he's doing all the heavy lifting when it comes to code. I don't have to touch it now. I just do the art and the sound, you know. So it, it definitely is a lot of weight off my shoulders. So okay. Sure. So maybe in the future chapters, you might have a team of artists, as you mentioned, or programmers, and to to give you some breathing room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd love to do that, but uh, as it sits right now, not in the budget. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And then with the, I know that you say we still have to wait a while. Do you have a, a tentative release date or release year that you'd like the game to come out? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really pushing for um, 2020. Mm-hmm. I'd say uh, if I had to guess, I'd say mid 2020. But don't don't lock me in on that. Uh, but I would definitely like to release it next year. But you said that it would be 2020 or mid 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, I I understand, especially after speaking to adventure game developers. I know that making adventure games takes a lot of time. Oh yeah. That, that, that there were people, you know, I spoke with Daniel Stacy and uh, who made Major's Initiation. Well, he worked on Major's Initiation. And that game took ten years. So, wow. And and yeah, and I know with uh, Asylum, which uh, from Agustin Cortez as well, he released Scratches first, and then he started working on Asylum, and that's ten years as well in the making. And that will hopefully be out in 2019. But again, that's oh, been yeah. taking a long time. That's, that that's changed as well over over the years. But I know they can take a long time. So I know we need patience. <laughs> But then again, we yeah. play adventure games, so we're usually our patient when it comes to resolving puzzles. So, <laughs> uh, you, you know, the thing is too is is I I might look at this differently than a lot of people, but uh, you know, when people complain about, I guess, the cost of indie titles, you know, as opposed to uh, the length of the game. For example, say one game is you know three hours or two hours in gameplay, but they paid fifteen dollars for it, and they complain, well, it was only two hours long. Well, yeah, but you're paying almost fifteen dollars to go see the latest and greatest movie in the theater sure and that's right and that's not interactable that's not that's not where you're playing the game you're just sitting there watching it stuffing popcorn Mm -hmm. down your throat so (laughs) you know i look at it going well you know 15 bucks okay it's two hours long i don't care that's going to be a good two hours Mm -hmm. exactly and as long as the two hours are good you know good story good gameplay you know like if you spend half an hour, one hour, those two hours stuck on a puzzle, then, <laughs> then that, yeah. but but yeah, and then even going to see a play or a musical, you have to spend more money. Exactly. 
as well. So exactly. you can play, at least here you can spend like 50 euros to watch, uh, you know, a, a musical. So, mm. okay, I think we've covered kind of everything about, about this game. So look, really looking forward to it. Um, so where, where can people find out more about the game? So does the game have an official website? Yeah, you can visit the website at uh, www.davidsladmysteries.com. Uh, you can also search for it on Steam. Uh, we have our coming soon page there, or I should say my coming soon page there. <laughs> and um, yeah, that, 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 that's the only two places right now. But yeah, check it out. Um, and uh, I guess uh, share the page if you can. It'd be appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And when... Okay, if people want to contact you or to see more about you, do you have uh, any twi- any social media or anything? Yeah, I have. Uh, you can visit uh, my my main website, which is gearworksprod.com, which is uh, it's actually spelled a little different. It's G E A R W O R X P R O D dot com. So gearworksprod.com. Um, you can also check out. Uh, another website of mine called IamAnimated.com, which has some of my voiceover reels, and you can see some of the stuff that I've done for Oak Island and all that kinds of stuff. Um, as well as uh, you can check out the GWP Dev Chat on uh, Facebook. Uh, lots of lots of uh, places you can go. Just check out uh, the Davis Lane Mysteries website, I and find it there. Uh, you can find it there. Yeah. Yeah, because you have uh, Twitter, you have uh, Facebook, as you mentioned, and you have Discord as well, which I found out recently. <laughs> yes, I've got Discord. So hopefully we can uh, check out more there. So, okay, well, thank you very much. And um, also, before before we go, actually, uh, is there, you mentioned you're working on v, uh, VR titles with another person as well. Are you able to say anything at all about that, or is it still in the very early stages? Uh, yeah, no, I can say a little bit about it. Um, we're just uh, we teamed up just basically as a, a couple guys saying, "I'll help you, you help me get my game out, and I'll help you get your game out." And then we decided, you know, we love VR. He's ordered an Oculus Quest. He's got to go. I'm going to eventually get a Quest, and uh, we started developing uh, an '80s themed uh, game called Star Gunner. That's all I can say about it. Um, it pays a lot of homage to an old movie back in the day. If you guys know what it is, then good on you but i can't give that away um but yeah it's we're working together on that uh i'd say that's probably off in about two months we'll probably have a a, a beta release for it at least okay well look forward to hearing more about that then <laughs> so oh, okay. uh, oh yes, actually actually it's not it's not online yet i'm working on the website but if you want to check it out uh, for future reference, it's inyourfacevr.com is the website. It's uh, that's the name of the company or the studio as well that we formed. So, in your face VR, we'll be releasing Star Gunners, the uh, pilot platform title, and then we'll be going on to other cool games and even, like I said, possibly a David Slade Mysteries uh, case files VR game as well. So, check it out. <laughs> cool. I'm looking looking forward to it. I might have to get an Oculus uh, VR set then. <laughs> Uh, lots of fun those are. Cool. Um, have you ever released date for that game, Star Gunner, yet, or is it still in you know development? Still in development. Um, but basically, the way it goes is, uh, my partner, my partner's wife said, if it's not done in the summer, you're going back out and getting a job. <laughs> so, so we don't have that long to get it out there. But we've done, uh, I've done probably about eighty percent of the art already finished. 
Uh, and he's done quite a large chunk of the code and so far seems to be playing pretty good. But it's getting to the point now where I actually need a quest to dive in and do what I need to do to test it. Sure. But, uh, yeah, we should hit our target, I say, about two months plus. Okay. And is there any any other projects that you, I don't know if you can mention them, but are you planning on working on other projects apart from the Davis Slade Mysteries and the VR games? Uh, no, because I, I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I'm, like I said, I'm sure. doing the art. I'm doing the art for Star Gunner on my late evenings and possibly one one day in the weekend. Uh, and the rest of it, I'm just focusing on Davis Knight because I want to get it done. I want to get it out. And I do it full time. So it's usually six or seven days a week. All I see is David Slade. And right, so I just this, is, this is this is full time. This is all. This is the, your main job then. Yeah, this is what I do. Well, that and, and client work. And, but right now I'm focusing on David Slade. Okay. And then actually, I for, forgot to ask you then. So with the different chapters, do you know how many chapters uh, you would like to have? So do you have a specific amount or does it depend on funding and how well the games do? Yeah, it, it depends a large portion on funding and, and obviously the the feedback and the, the if it's even accepted by the community. Uh, you know, if I sell 100 copies, then that's going to be a problem. If I sell 10,000 copies, then, yeah, I'm going to start shifting my focus on bringing more awesome content and awesome adventure games to you guys, Chapter 2, Chapter 3. Right now, uh, there's only the two chapters that are penned out, um, so I haven't actually gone past that. I don't want to think too far in the future. Mm. But r right now, there's Chapter 1, 2, and 3 that are slated to be worked on one after the other, so... Okay, and I know you mentioned that uh, there's a self-contained story in each chapter, but is there like an overarching story as well? Kind of. Well, kind of, nothing like I said that, that makes you need to watch or play the first or the third. You can play the second or your third without playing the first two. It doesn't really matter. Um, but there is some, I guess, backstory that you might want to know but it's not detrimental to the story, so it's not really going to damage your experience either. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds great. I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, so then I'll, I'll let you take us out then. So is there anything at all that you would like to, to say uh, to either people listening, to, to fans or other game developers, or anything at all that you'd like to get out there? Yeah, actually, there's one thing I do want to say to any sure. other solo developer or indie team or any small group of, of developers out there that are making games. Keep at it. It can be hard. Trust me, I know. Um, it's just kind of like you got to keep stepping forward because if you if, if you just let everything get you down, like, I mean, I've got titles that I've released that have made nothing, not even beer money. And I'm still going for it. I'm still making games. I'm still going to keep making games. And I guess the best bit of advice I can give to them is just keep going. And to adventure gamers that play our games, thank you so much for your support. Make sure you buy David Slay Mysteries. Make sure you buy A Whisper in the Machine. Make sure you buy all these other awesome titles that are coming out that are, are, that are out. And um, because without your support, we wouldn't be able to do what we love doing and that's making games for you guys so thank you everyone for that sure no worries and to keep you know supporting the genre and the developers so absolutely and so at, at the moment uh, you know we can wishlist the game we can check out your social media and your website to find updates as well so presumably you'll be writing updates on the discord 
channel as well or on social media? Uh, yeah, Twitter Twitter is where I, I, I post most, most of my updates. Uh, the Discord channel is if you guys want to come in and, you know, shoot me a message or just to say hi or whatever, come on in and, and chit-chat. Uh, but if you want to know more and you want to be kept up to date, definitely check out the Davis Lane Mysteries Facebook page, which can be found on the Davis Lane Mysteries page. <laughs> so you find the, the link to Facebook on the official page. Uh, but also check out Twitter and subscribe to me on Twitter because that's where I do most of my updating there. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much then, Steve. It's been a real, real pleasure. I cannot wait for this game. So we'll have to wait for, well, 2020 or or whenever the game is released, but you know, t- t- take your time as well. You're doing, you know, it looks great. You know, everything about it sounds great. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you very much. So thank you. Well, we'll we'll keep in touch, Dan. So thank you very much. Thank you. So that was my interview with Steve Adamson of Gearworks Productions. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to find out more about David Slade Mysteries you can go to www.davidslademysteries.com and you can find out more about Steve Adamson and his studio Gearwork Productions by going to www.gearworksprod.com. The links will be in the show notes. And there you can find his dev blogs for his upcoming games. You can also purchase his art assets to use in your own game project. You can purchase support tickets and much, much more. So that is it for this week. A huge thank you to Steve Adamson for talking to me and for Armor Game Studios for helping to support this podcast and for publishing, the, for helping Script Walder with his game as well, for helping out an indie studio with his adventure game as well. So as I mentioned before, you can check out Don't Escape 4 Days to Survive on Steam and you can wishlist the, the Don't Escape trilogy on Steam as well. So next week I will be joined once again by Thomas Bex as we will be talking about taxi games. He'll be talking about Nightcall and I'll be talking about Neocab. So please join us then. So until then, have a good weekend and a great week. See you then everyone. Bye. <laughs>the adventure games podcast then please subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts please leave a review on itunes if you can as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast now you can also follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are an adventure game developer or adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you